0: listening to unique leaders podcast i'm megan dimartino success is in the story each week i'll be speaking with a unique leader not only in their field but in their lives join us for a glimpse of their passion and talents there's always a surprise in their story be the first to hear hello 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 and welcome to unique leaders live i'm megan dimartino and this is a show that is sharing everyone's unique leading skills. The passion and talent is in their story. So each week I have a unique leader with me who is going to share that with you. And we hope that you enjoy this because there's always a surprise in their story. Today I have an amazing guest. Uh, We're now crossing over the ocean. We're going to Slovenia. And we're going to be with Simona Spilak. And it is, uh, I hope I said all of those names correctly, Simona, Simona Spilak, Slovenia. And uh, we met again remotely like this on Glenn Lundy's uh, Rise and Grind and Glenn Lundy interviewed our beautiful Simona. And it was such a wonderful interview and I could see her spirit and joy and passion of what she does through that interview and I immediately sent a friend request and just said, let's get together. And so we've been communicating over a period of time now and I so, so want you to meet this beautiful woman because her story is so inspiring, not only inspiring for today, but in general of building businesses marketing your business and being working towards that success. But as she and I were speaking in the green room, you know, it's a very unprecedented time. We're all walking in uh, challenges. We all are regardless. There's a lot of unknowns. And we are here to share our stories, to give you hope and infinite possibilities. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to my beautiful guest, us uh, simona Spilak.
1: hello hi hi thanks a lot megan megan for having me hello to everybody it's afternoon in u.s and it's 11 p.m here in ljubljana in slovenia so it's evening but you know that's the beauty of our online and all the digital and the remote that really we can talk and we can meet and we can share and as megan said we can give hope and inspiration from all over the world whatever the time and I believe if we really have that energy and the desire to share and making a positive impact everything is possible and then nothing is hard to do so I'm really really happy to be here.
0: (laughs) I am so joyful Simona and you shared when we were in the green room how we were talking about COVID-19 and pandemic and mm-hmm. how it affected business we'll go to your story in a minute but you were sharing this is part of your story mm-hmm. how you're in your beautiful office that amazing backdrop and that you obviously it is late at night and there is a um a
1: what's the word we have a we have a like a full lockdown Meaning that, uh, yeah, uh, there are like shopping centers closed, only like the basic drug stores and uh, food stores and pharmacies are open. This is from today actually on because we have like 1,500 cases per day of COVID, which is a lot for a country which has only 2 million of inhabitants in total. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we have like as well that police hour, I believe it's called like that. So from 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. in the morning, we are not allowed to travel, move or leave the apartment except of like necessary cases of cases of uh, health emergency or other emergencies. So I was driving back to my office because I wanted to be here due to the light and also the sharing my background of course and to make also your uh, Facebook live beautiful and I was like okay I have to drive it was already 10 p.m. and 15 or something like that I was like okay okay hope hopefully nobody stops me and there was nobody on the street anyway it's completely empty but that's the time as you said you know it's a completely different time we are not used to it and I believe that the biggest source of uh, fear is the uncertainty that we don't know what I shared already with you uh, earlier in the green room that we there is the uncertainty we don 't know the time frame when will it change or improve so we can go to more normal lives and what will be the impact which it will have to our lives to our businesses and all of that is something but we I believe we have to live with that and uh, during the times of crisis and pandemic i believe that the most important thing is that we create those small goals goals for ourselves and for our businesses and our families so we have that feeling that we've done something and we achieved and then you have the courage again because you move forward so it's not time for long-term aspirational goals and vision talks if it talks it's really about making an impact with a short-term small actions and goals like for example this interview so really to to provide people to see the opportunities maybe because they simply don't aren't aware of some of the opportunities out there and really to share hope and inspiration so yes
0: so we'll come back to today in a little bit but let's go back to you know where you were uh, born where you grew up <laughs> and a little bit about young simona you know, what that, that fertilizer, that DNA of that motivation to create this very successful woman today. Mm-hmm. So why don't you go back and share with our guests just a little bit about you and how you grew up because, you know, you um, I've been blessed to go to Europe many times, I've never been to your country, but I will soon, once we open the borders, uh, we, when they open the borders, uh, I'm gonna get on a plane and be over there soon. But uh, tell us about, and and give us a feel of uh, your younger years and your family.
1: Mm -hmm. That's such a beautiful question, really, because as you were asking me, I went back. Really, I was born in that northeast part of Slovenia, so I uh, always live, and my base was here in Slovenia, just that I moved from my home village part to the uh, capital city of Slovenia, which is Ljubljana. So I live here now for almost 30 years. So I was born there, and my parents are very simple, and they are still alive. Thanks God, I'm really grateful for that. And um, you know what? There is actually one story which I always explain about my childhood, and how was uh, how I was raised uh, there is there was a very simple lesson which my mom told me, and she always said, "You know what you should never steal and you should never lie and that's the simple rule which you should keep for yourself for the rest of or for the whole of your life and I was like, "Wow, really and you know it provides the opportunity that you really live with simple rules and simplicity which then I believe provides the opportunity really to be authentic and to become whoever whoever you want to be, because you are not limited. And my parents never limited me. They were always like, do what you want. If you would like to go out, if you would like to study abroad, if you would like to go to some other city, do that. And because um, there was, it is a village, very small village. And if you grow from such a small village, then, you know, you just see the opportunities out there. And, and that I believe that's my character, you know, I love people, I love seeing the opportunities, I'm not on the negative part of uh, population, really that um, realistically positive person, and that that's the basis. And then of course I started to study and then the story goes on, of course, moved to Ljubljana and so on.
0: I have a question, though, about um, timeline. Uh, when uh, you were a young child, was it still in yeah. communist? Um, yeah. Yes, that's what I thought. I thought it would be. Country was under Yugoslavia. Is that
1: correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're good. (laughs) Yeah, it was Yugoslavia. Slovenia was part of the ex Yugoslavia, and our president was Tito. He was very famous, though. I believe, like, had a lot of friends, uh, like Mahatma Gandhi, and he was with a lot of uh, like worldwide leaders. Uh, But it was a a communistic, socialistic country. Though what what we had in comparison, for example, like more strict regimes like Russia, we were able to travel. We had a passport, so we were able to go to Austria, to Italy, to Germany, that was, or to US even to fly, even though that flights were uh, very expensive at that time. But yeah, that was the opportunity. Even though the country was so communistic, we were open and uh, that feeling of freedom of being able to move not only between the countries, because the borders were open, but as well to go abroad. And uh, even at that time already to learn foreign languages, this was quite like a must. So yeah. it was the educational system was like that. What was crucial, I believe, and was a good basis for uh, young people to develop, was the educational system. So we were all like, there is a public school, and public university system still is actually for everybody, so more or less all Slovenes have like university degree or master's degree. So um, that, that created the basis and then later on as uh, uh, Yugoslavia fell apart, Slovenia was very lucky because we had only a few days of war. And then being the nordest country of all the rest of Yugoslavia, like for example Serbia and Croatia who suffered uh, dramatically or Bosnia and Herzegovina especially. During the war, we were really lucky, really like becoming like like the independent state in a few weeks. Uh, It was like, yeah. It is now 30 years ago, <laughs>
0: so... Yes, well, I so. was thinking as you were sharing about your mother and what she shared about uh, stealing and lying, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Ten Commandments, that shall not steal and that shall not... I mean, very foundational. But as you were speaking about that, I was thinking about um, your age and the um, world mm-hmm. at that time. <clears throat> and I realized that... Um, um, because you said it was about travel, your your parents encouraged you to to do what you wanted to do. That meant that their mindset was open, and mm-hmm. that's why I real that's why I asked the question because I knew that it had been part the country had been part of Yugoslavia, mm-hmm. and um, but yet the mindset because you can do anything with the proper mindset. Would you agree exactly. with that?
1: I fully agree and you know it's so it's so it's such a great foundation because if you think like that and if you are thought Like that, like I was by my parents then, you were actually really open. And you know, the beauty of that simple rules, which we have in, had in house was that also whatever you learn, you were giving away and you were sharing because there was, there was no fear that if I know something, I have to keep it for myself. No, the beauty was that we share. And if we are sharing, I'm really that part of Slovenia is also very flat. So it's really open. And we say that people who live in such a, uh, such a regions are also open with mind. And open with heart and we eat a lot <laughs> so, uh, yeah just to make a short what I wanted to share is that yeah I was always explaining that also at the university and as I was having my team in big international companies but we will come to that the really my biggest advantage, advantage was that whatever I learned I wanted to give to others because that meant that I was providing the opportunity for them to grow and to develop. And that's the beauty, you know, would you say that,
0: that um, understanding, but it's true understanding of um, receiving and, and uh, mm-hmm. for yourself, but to then share and give. Did that come from your parents or was that just like you said, from the, com- of the company, the country's ph- uh, philosophy? Mm-hmm. What would you say the foundational um, motivation, inspiration mm-hmm. was for that?
1: I believe it was my family. You know, my mom is a great cook. And I remember as I was small, we always had those weekends of 20 people being invited. Of course, of course, I had to do dishes afterwards, but anyway, it was great. So it was always like being accompanied by people. And, you know, actually it left me also with that uh, sense that I love that company. And I always say a company of other people. Uh, and I always say that I'm a social beast. Loving the company, loving having a joy of having people around me, uh, chit chatting doesn't have to be that we eat, but for my mom was really to cook for a lot of people. More people came better. It was, and she was like preparing for two or three days. And can you imagine the dead times that we didn't have microwaves and all that uh, washing and, uh, <laughs> and really amazing? It can I believe it comes from her. And she was like that. She always like whatever she bought to me, my sister also got sh- so it was that equality you know which has to do with the respect and like uh, like understanding that we all have the same, get the same opportunity and she was providing that space because most of the time the three of us me, my mom and my sister were like uh, uh, staying alone because my my, my dad was uh, he had a job of a driver and he was constantly around and he came like home for one or two days per week and then we usually went for a Sunday lunch together and we spent like twice per year, two weeks of vacations together, but that was such a warm time because we knew that we have that precious time together, yeah. But usually the mom was the educator, yeah, and she had that sharing and giving uh, um, skill and personality trait, and she she's still like that, yeah.
0: <laughs> I always say to people that I feel very blessed to have um, been born into and brought up in an Italian home because, it had the same same energy that you're speaking when you were explaining that because it wasn't necessarily that they had a lot of, um, uh, there wasn't an expensive, you know, array of food, but it was that coming together, Sunday yeah. dinner. Uh, my grandparents um and my mother and father had some friends that became like family, and so these people were always with us. I was yeah. one of four children, so there was a lot of people around all the time and it was that that festive environment, that yeah. joyful environment. I feel very blessed to have and like you said, I do believe that that is why my I have a spirit of generosity, a spirit mm-hmm. of giving, a spirit of openness, as you do. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the reasons we've connected because <laughs> it is that, you know, that spirit. But it yeah. does come from our family for sure.
1: Mm. It does. It does. You know the the family is that core cell, and then we grow out of out from it. Of course, we meet other people, and in every single stage of life or period of life, there is somebody who is important and relevant for us. But it starts with the family, and then your. I believe that our personality, how flexible we are, we are how we are in the sense of our mindset. It comes from the family and the basic education, uh, how we are brought up. Yes.
0: So then when you moved to the big city from Mm -hmm. the small town um, did you come with your family or was that you coming to go to university or what what was that Mm -hmm. transition?
1: Yeah yeah, yeah. I went alone so I left the city and uh, I was living in a student home for next five years as long as the uh, studying uh, as I was studying and you know I wasn't absolutely scared I was so excited I remember that time like going and making the next step in my life and it always had to do with that okay what's next and I was so looking forward because I knew I will still keep that connection to my family we are still we are still very very connected like we talk with my mom every single day Mm -hmm. and uh, I left in Ljubljana by myself Uh, I met completely new people and that's the amazing part of our lives wherever we move or whatever we start to study or whatever new business uh, segment we tackle we meet new people and then you learn from them and you not only grow as a professional or you do not only learn like uh, the university but you also equip yourself with completely new competences with regards the uh, relationship and uh, dealing with people or reacting to a Completely new situations and for me and, um, so those are such a great questions really Megam, I remember back everything what I was going through and the, the beauty of it was that really I learned how to uh, not only uh, buy all the stuff by myself which is going to the grocery doing uh, clean, doing all the cleaning but as well how to earn money to being able to provide life for studying, going to the university. So I was constantly studying plus doing some student jobs. That was for me completely normal. And I loved it because I got that feeling of responsibility. It's my life and I have to take care of it. So I'm responsible for what I'm going to make out of it. And my parents gave me the basis. Now it's on me.
0: On oh, you. Know, as I'm listening to you again,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I'm reflecting upon how many... Uh, individuals, men and women, that I have interviewed. And I would say the thread through us all, and I include myself into this piece, is that we truly have a spirit of adventure. (laughs) A spirit of, uh, like you said, you left a small town and your family, and you went to the big city, which you wanted to go to. You were ready Mm -hmm. to go to university. But it was that, like you said, just shared that, you were ready to take on any any experience that was put in your path, and mm-hmm. any experience, but also re- uh, owned that it was your responsibility to begin to take care of you, to grow yeah. your adulthood, to begin yeah. that adulthood through mm-hmm. university, through that time, but uh, to grow in that. That's it's so interesting, though. Um, that, you that know, it's happened. it's
1: really amazing. It puts you in the situation. I know that I still remember those thoughts which I I had which were like you know what now it's break it or make it you have to take care of it really and I wasn't you know I was still partying a lot so I had that uh, that uh, let's say really the days of the party which really gave me the energy then to go further but really I had you know now it's on me I have to I have to learn I have to study and then I'll work as well if I would like to have more money then I had to work and yeah Uh, I've done it. So I finished the master's in economy. I was studying psychology in parallel. So, yeah, I was quite, there was quite an uh, eager one to -hmm. finish the faculty. So, but in between, really, I've been doing two jobs. I've been going out with friends and that, that was the beauty of the student's life, really. And if you're really away from your family and you are in that community of students only, then you really, you, develop a completely new lifestyle you adjust yourself but you really learn a lot as a person a lot really that that was the best time which really equipped me with those uh, competences not only skills which i have really to be self confident to take care of myself and really to um, as well to really speak what i really mean <laughs> so
0: well for sure but to take <laughs> to take that next step after university you know mm-hmm. t- start that career job. So economics and a, a psychology. And so fabulous um, you know, marriage between the two, though. Very, very, very good marriage between mm-hmm. business or the economy as well as psychology. So what was your first job after university? And, and um, because, again, you mm-hmm. live in Europe versus the United States. Did did the uh, university have a um, job uh, program for the students? Did they assist you? No, not at all. No,
1: not at that time. We do have them now. That's changed. It evolved, developed at that time. No, so we had to take care of ourselves. So I finished in university, and it was on me. So I started to look for a first job. I was doing the applications. I was preparing myself for the first interviews. Oh, I remember the first interview interview. one of the first ones, was with the uh, uh, regional HR director of Mars. Do you remember the Mars company, like the uh, chocolates and oh, all that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 the candies and no, the uh, I yes, M&M's. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah, I remember, I was so fresh completely fresh on the market like what regards the labor and the job seeking and he asked me a question you know what do you do and so I I was so self-confident I had like that feeling that I know everything but I just had those four years of a student work experience which I made a story out of it what I'm capable to do and the position was key account manager for the retail in Slovenia and I was like of course I can do it and having it's unbelievable what's the beauty of not being real, not having the heaviness yet of being like really uh, that feeling that you don't know something. That's the beauty of our youth. And I was in that interview and the HR manager asked me, you know, but what you were like working for uh, uh, um, uh, cigarettes and you were doing promotion for cigarettes during your studying. I said, yeah, of course, I've done my living. So it was something I learned a lot about marketing and branding. So it was really a huge knowledge on mm-hmm. that. At that time, the industry was still strong. and the uh, he said, "You know, but yeah, don't you have any problem like with your like uh, your moral uh, thoughts of around it?" And I said, "You know, you are selling chocolates. Do you have any moral second thoughts? You're making people like fats." <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> I mean he was questioning about your moral integrity about cigarettes. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. He was asking that, and I just returned the question. You know, it's the same. Either it is cigarettes, one is, one is harming our health, so is the second one. But at the end of the day, you know, you are young, and of course, you look for the opportunities to make money. But, but at the end, end of the, the day, really.
0: Response, though, what a great response. And so, yeah. that, And so, you got that job? Did you get that I'm,
1: job? Uh, sorry? Did that, you
0: get that job?
1: No, I didn't get the job because it was really too senior for my experience at that time. But it really, I remember the story, how brave I was and how self-confident I was, which, which was really great. I carried that for a certain period of time. Then, in somewhere after 10 years of my experience, I got that feeling, oh, maybe I'm not capable enough, maybe I'm not uh, skilled enough, maybe I don't have enough experiences. But then all, I always remembered that story of that, one of the first interviews, that how, what's, the, what's the right approach? You know, if you have a desire, if you have a goal, let's go for it. Because even though you'll not get it or you'll not achieve it, you will learn. But that's on.
0: a great. Right but the, then the fact that you didn't get the job, but you went for the interview, is a mm-hmm. great point for our guests, uh, uh, our listeners, because, again, the secrets are in the story. She had the confidence to <laughs> take the interview, knowing that she, it might be way too senior. Or you probably didn't yeah. know that already. But you, But you learn from everything that you do, every step of the way. But you have to yeah. take first step, and you took that first step, which you took that interview. That is bravo, bravo. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You know, c- c- for me, the success already was that they invited me for the interview. So Amen. all from my application, and that was like, yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. It is. It is truly <laughs> that they even invited you for the interview. So ultimately, you. what was your first job then?
1: You know, my first job was I started as a brand manager in the FMCG industry, working for cosmetics, then I went to the role of marketing manager. So I spent quite a period of years in the Selective Cosmetics, that premium segment of a segment of, she said, all, uh, all those Lancombs and uh, Bulgaries and perfumery and Selective mm-hmm. Cosmetics. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, at that time, because Slovenia is such a small market, All those uh, companies, especially international ones, were considering those markets as uh, joining a few markets in one. So we had those multi-country organizations. So I already had like a regional role taking care of six or eight countries and that's quite quite a normal or quite a usual thing here. And, yeah, I started with cosmetics and then that love was so big that uh, it was really hard to leave it really it was a tough decision but you know at the end of the day I said to myself you know what Simona you actually don't work for a product you work for the cause to improve people's life or to provide the opportunity that they can solve some problems or if they really have a need so you can fulfill that need with whatever you do and then somehow that was like a calming down my <laughs> enthusiasm about the cosmetics, but I still stayed in the FMCG's working for GSK, uh, for Aquafresh, Corega, Sensodyne and all those uh, toothpaste, toothbrushes, the Aura Healthcare and the OTC's uh-huh. with Colorex, Panadol, I, I, they have some uh, some different names in the US. Yeah, so I went to the pharmaceuticals and uh, spent quite over 15-16 years in pharma business With with Glaxosmithkline and Sanofi, having as well the regional role because that's that's the life here in Central and Eastern Europe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that's the beauty as well because you really get the opportunity to Mm -hmm. uh, to know a lot of different cultures, a lot of different uh, learn different languages, meet uh, uh, different people, uh, working habits, and so on. So yeah, I started in marketing. That's my background.
0: (laughs) Obviously, when uh, you and I. I'm speaking to our guests that you know in our connection with the beauty industry and of course mm-hmm. the uh, european structure is very different than the united states as you shared many of the things that are would be let's say in a um, retail environment could not be yeah. sold in europe and yeah. so it's it the structure is different but the same difference is there as you sure shared earlier just a minute ago uh, one of my mentors, Sharon Lecter, she has a philosophy, solve a problem, serve a need. Mm-hmm. And you just said those words. You just said those words. You know yeah, yeah, just what it's it. all about is solving a problem, whatever that may be, and serving a need. And mm-hmm. that is what you've been doing all these years with your career in uh, <laughs> the structure.
1: Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, you said 30 years. I mean from the other piece to No, 16 years. Yeah,
1: it's almost, I have like over 20 years of working experience. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: And so when did you, and when did you, and what made you decide to leave corporate world and uh, start your own marketing business?
1: Mm. you know i enjoyed it a lot really the the international the corporate gave me so much the structure a lot of knowledge because you really get the insight in processes in different functions i was really able to travel the world Um, i was actually constantly traveling Uh, i believe that i spent like three or four days per month in slovenia the rest was traveling because having the multi-country or regional uh regional responsibility that's the life then and I enjoy that a lot and really having that, uh, opportunity to, to be close to the global product development, strategic development. That's a lot, but that at a certain moment after like almost 16, 17 years, I got that feeling that even though I love what I do, that's not what I really enjoy. And there was something missing. And during uh, after one year or so, considering what shall I do? Shall I go for another pharma uh, position or shall I go out? Shall I move? Uh, I I had the feeling that I'm living that gold uh, like in a golden cage. I believe that a lot of listeners do know that expression. As you have a, a big salary, you you're traveling, you have everything what you need actually, but you don't have that feeling that you really uh, are working or doing something what you really fully enjoy with all of your heart, and that you are really like so excited if somebody asks you what are you doing. And I was missing that. And then after a certain time of consideration, I decided that I'll go out. I had the opportunity to move to another country, but simply when there was a friend who actually said to me, you know what, Simona, now you have the knowledge already. What would you like to do? And I said, you know what? I have the feeling that I know so much and I have that experience. I'd like to share it. And I was already at that time a lecturer at the uh, Faculty of Economics. And I said, okay, if you would like, to share then there is an opportunity for example to build my own consulting company and that was then the decision to go out but it it wasn't easy to be honest really uh to i had constantly that feeling that i don't have guts to do it that i will not be capable what shall i do will i be successful fear of failure was huge huge really but i just took that self-confidence that you know if i have that almost 20 years of corporate experience doing the international roles being a leader of over 20 people uh knowing the business leading the business having that huge business experience i can do something with that and then i transformed it into that consulting agency doing the or starting to do the executive search and working on leadership development executive coaching and so on that was the transition, then, yeah. The, to be honest, yeah, the reason the reason actually was that I wasn't 100% sure that I, that I enjoy every single day uh, doing what I do.
0: I also think, though, that, again, back to what I said about the thread through us all, is that there comes a time when you know, as you know, as you know in your spirit, that it's time to not necessarily do your own thing, as they say, but is to explore, because we're explorers, Mm -hmm. and to step out of that golden cage and to see if you can utilize the tools that you have. And also deep in the heart of Slovenia, New York, New Jersey, Texas, that we all, uh, I do believe that a person who has that creative, um, whatever that manifests in, cannot, Mm -hmm stay in that one structure. It has to go forward to create on some level. And creating is, you to know, create. it's not just right. painting a picture. It is designing, you know, programs and uh, workshops mm-hmm. and on and on. That is creating. So there comes a time when you're in that structure in, and you, like you said, you learn so much, and that's such a benefit, but it's time to take it out and share it with others. And but it,
1: right. I believe it comes from inner. You, you have that feeling okay. and then you are just like, you, you know that you have to do something with it. It's not completely clear of, to none of us, most probably at the beginning, beginning what it will be. But then you start to work on it and then it starts to get that shape, which then anyway reshapes during the time. But yeah that's that's the process how it starts really it with really, that yeah. inner inner fire which burns and you just know you have to do something that with burning
0: it. desire saying yeah. and, and everything begins with an idea but you just said something very key is that um whatever it is it really doesn't matter but you have to take that first step because it will evolve it will change but it you have to take that first step
1: so, mm-hmm. how long
0: ago was that when you did that first step? When you did
1: that? Oh, it will be you know, almost five years. Yeah, five years ago, I really decided that I would like to become uh, somebody who really helps people to uh, develop and evolve their leadership competences and to work with their careers. So, I became a leadership and a career coach later on. Actually, I was uh, done the coaching uh, certification and accreditation later, and that was a huge. A huge growth opportunity again, but yeah, it was five years ago. So I started with executive search because I knew I had the knowledge about the businesses, and that was also the opportunity for me to gain the international clients because I was speaking the corporate language. Uh, so then I also spread it in the local uh, local market and uh, gained the clients here in the uh, among the local con- companies. So yeah, an interesting. Uh, interesting path, interesting time, and uh, I would never, ever, like, do it different because, as we said at the beginning, I was evolving, I was developing. My services are now completely different than they were five years ago, not only that we are online and face-to-face because I started with the face-to-face, but really the tremendous joy which comes out from that that you see how you develop as a person, as a professional, and how your company and your your services develop, and how you're really adjusting it in the development comes from the market need and from your clients, candidates, uh, patients' needs. It, it's unbelievable what source of energy that is.
0: That's a very important point right there, um, because if, uh, again, I always look to uh, my guest stories to help our listeners. Mm-hmm because it's also about, so that burning desire within us, but Mm -hmm. also taking the lead from our uh, individuals that are coming to us, because you learn from what they need and what they're uh, sharing with you. So it's it's truly to be open is also another component that is so key uh, to not only listen to your own heart, but to take that key and that cue, you know, and Mm -hmm. as I was building my spa, which started out as a luxury day spa, which absolutely is and was, but I always knew I was going to add the medical component. So I had to wait till the market was ready. Mm -hmm. When I first came to this marketplace, it was not strong enough. The population wasn't large enough and it wasn't part of Austin yet, so it was kind of a suburb, so to speak. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. also, um, then the economy in the late 2000s became weak, so that wasn't the right time. So I just listened to the market and what the the consumer was looking for, and then as things got stronger from an economy position, I then uh, did what needed to be done in in Texas to enable us to do a medical spa, and uh, then, you know, looked into equipment, so to speak, that, or tools that would not only help the esthetician do the service, but what the consumer was looking for. Yeah. So it was always listening to what the market was dictating. Mm -hmm. And it's a very key thing to listen because I'm asking you from your experience with your clients, do you see that people make mistakes when they do not listen, they just barrel through? and uh, say, I need to do this, and don't really listen mm-hmm. to what the market is dictating.
1: You know what, that's the mistake which i done as well. So really, I not with the executive oh, search because that was really that was really like going with the need. So uh, finding a candidate for an open position, but with the rest of the services like leadership development program, team development or team dynamics programs, I all, I created them all. I've done all the profiling, licensing, and be becoming a coach for the personality profiling, and I was offering something, and then in a certain period, I've just stopped and I said, look that's not working. Let's redo that what's needed. And then what actually learned me, and that's the beauty and I believe that's the biggest competitive advantage besides that I have the business experience, not only the HR and uh, human resources background, um, because I don't have it. So I built all my um, services on my business knowledge, how to lead business, how to lead people. Mm -hmm. And uh, adding on top of that, what I wanted to say is that not creating something what might some need because i think so but really going out from the market and decline client the candidate need and that's what then really make the competitive advantage of my agency which is really a boutique one but very premium that we create whatever we sell or whatever we offer it's really not done by a template or by a structure up front it's something which is really custom made tailor-made and if you are small i position at the agency so it's small boutique and very premium and whatever we do it's made upon to the needs of the uh, of the company of the client of the organization or individual and that's the beauty because then People and the companies really have a feeling, uh aha, they are putting energy into creating something which is for us only. You can't afford it uh, if you're big and you can't scale it hugely. But anyway, Slovenia, it's not such a big market. So it's Mm -hmm. possible that you really position yourself with a six-figure business in that sphere or that segment Mm -hmm. of the market.
0: But even with your background, with your um, corporate background, Large corporations get so bogged down that they don't have the—they uh, have the resources for sure, mm-hmm. but they uh, are so um, tight and f- not fluid to look it out, out, you know. And I do believe that that's why so many larger corporations are um, hiring people like us because mm-hmm. we can go—we have the background, but we can go in yeah. and very quickly see the missing link yep. to what yeah. is not happening in there.
1: Agree, agree. Um, you know,
0: like Glenn mm-hmm. Lundy, that's one of the things with his 800 Club. He's uh, becoming very successful with that because he's able to go into these large car dealers that have done it their way for so long, mm-hmm. but he's bringing a fresh new eye and approach to to be successful. And, but he he was successful, Right. I'm using he as an example. But mm-hmm. in a small marketplace, Paris, Kentucky, you know, uh, nine thousand people sold a thousand cars a month or something yep. like that. And so mm-hmm. heard of. And so um, he has the tools and he can go in and identify the need.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you know, you learn that it doesn't. I don't believe that it's given to anybody.
0: No, you
1: learn that you have to do the mistake, or you have to recognize you have to adjust something. Amen. Either it is a process, um, uh, format of something, or the offer, you or yes. the price, whatever. You learn that, yeah.
0: Absolutely. So we, when we chatted, um, recently, uh, we spoke about the pandemic, which we then started. Mm-hmm this evening speaking about with you getting out of uh, you know the curfew uh, and coming down to the office but um so here you were um you know in a um you know just building and building and building and all of a sudden we are all told around the world not just one town or one wherever that we have to go home and stay home So uh, other than, like you said, go to the grocery or what, you know, pharmacy. Um, So how did you approach that? How did you deal with that? What did Mm -hmm. you do when that was in your lap, in your face? What did you Mm
1: -hmm. do? You know the uh, the interesting thing. A lot of companies face, but most probably mind it. Is that we were really face to face. So we were remotely, or our clients. Or I was doing all the coachings one on one, live, personal. That was really like the the biggest benefit. I never even okay. I was thinking about and I was having a few of the meetings online, but really that was like if necessary. Mm-hmm. The rest was like face to face. And then the pandemic hit, and you know I remember the first as we approach that really uh, increasing season of uh, uh, corona-infected patients here, for me, uh, the first thought was, you know, do you remember that sentence that a crisis can also be an opportunity? And I said to myself, you know what, this will be an opportunity for myself. And I really, for me, what I've done, I've used that time of, uh, we had a three months of lockdown so we were not able to work a lot of companies were closed down a lot of really shops and stores and shopping malls for three months and i said you know what i would on the other in some other times i would need two years to establish something which is called online business now i have to do it uh, to do it and have mm-hmm. I have the opportunity to do it in three months i've literally done that so beginning of the year i said look let's Uh, bring our business online and let's do the coaching related to leadership and career and finding a job career change let's do that online and then i recognize that there is not only a possibility and the business rational in scaling uh, what we already have or what i already (laughs) know but that there is also opportunity really to impact more people because if you if you know if you are working with authentic approach and full of your heart there you can always Develop your business in the sense that you can impact more people and that you have something to give, which will help somebody. And a lot of... Somebody's or a lot of people in the world, and that was then my thinking. Okay, let, shall shall I do that? And once again, I don't know where I took the courage. Courage, I, I, I actually I didn't do the financial plan to be completely honest. I've done the strategic plan how I would like to structure it, and then I said, you know what? I'll find the finances. I always do like that. Do I want it? And I've done something. What I learned with coaching as I was doing the Ericsson International Certification, I've done that visualization and manifestation of my uh, future long-term aspirational goal, how my business will look like, how I will feel, how will it be. And as soon as i done that, I said, okay, I have the energy, I have the power and I have the motivation to do it. And then I went back. What's the first thing which I can do? How will I do it? How How will I structure it? What's the plan? And so I started, and yeah, and it took me like two and a half months. I set up the team. I'm really a team person. I'm somebody who identifies what's needed. I know that I'm not capable to do everything. I'm not a generalist, so I don't know everything. And I always like invite people to my team, and my only sentence is, as I explain the business part of the story and the uh, strategy of the uh, project which I have. My only requirement is that if I always give my team members time to think about if they would like to stay with me for a longer time or for a long-term period. If they think and if they want to live project by project, that's not me. I'd like to invest in our uh, mutual engagement, but as well sharing the knowledge, which then stays, and then you can evolve and develop the business. That's that's what I did, yeah, and it's doing... uh, Good, I've learned, I've done some mistakes again, of course, (laughs) but I've learned a lot too.
0: You do not improve or learn without mistakes. Uh, You know, uh, we all learn from our own mistakes and hopefully we learn from other uh, people's mistakes uh, that we don't have to make those mistakes. And I think that's another reason why this show is so compelling because we're sharing and we're being very transparent about Mm -hmm. our step-by-step, but also things that we have stumbled upon, and yeah. that, uh, but the courage, as, and you've used that word several times uh, to, to make that step out like you did after university with the Mars company in that interview. <laughs> you know, no, it's very impactful, very important. Stay, yeah. you know,
1: did you notice I'm repeating, I have that pattern. I'll do it, I'll do it. I don't know, I don't oh, have I a, I just yeah. have that idea.
0: <laughs> well, that's because that is your DNA, that's you. And, and that's why we g- connect, because uh, we're cut from the same cloth, as they say, yeah. you know, and yeah. have that same dream, goal, and desire, aspiration over that horizon, you know.
1: I love it, I love it how you wrap it up, really, and how you uh, just wrap my words in a completely a resonating story really wonderful thank you
0: <laughs> but you know you also said a little bit ago that you started this online training in january we did not know anything was going to happen in january so uh, you, had, I, no, because I, you had that inner inspiration to yeah. evolve again to be ahead of the curve because you saw it coming because you're an innovator so you saw that that really you can't wait till the market catches up. You have to be the innovator.
1: Absolutely agree. There is a little twist in it. I planned in January that I will do it in Slovenian for Slovenian leaders, for Slovenian community. And then with the pandemic, I just translated, okay, let's do the, for the uh, uh, English-speaking market. So that was an idea. But you know what? It's important what you said. You have to be ahead of the time with the innovation. But once again, you have to adjust. If there is an opportunity of the market, you have to have a model how you can quickly adjust to the new situation. And that was the twist in between, uh, not in between, but in that time of pandemics.
0: Fantastic. Well, mm-hmm. as we wrap up today, I'm, I'm so sad, but as we wrap up, um, we you have uh, provided for us some information about a new online course that you've done for teachings of decision-making. Mm-hmm. And this is so key And there's information on the screen for our guests. Mm -hmm. We'll have it in the um, text uh, after we finish. But this goes hand in glove with what you're saying, because this this course is going to help people all over the world in Mm -hmm. four steps of getting out of your own way and making decisions. So give us a little background to the course and just a little bit of why people would uh, want to apply for it.
1: Okay, so it's a um, it's my gift to all uh, your listeners yes. and to everybody. Yeah, it's a free gift. So, but uh, okay. it's a great it's you've done helpful. a great you've done a great introduction, Megan, because I wanted to say, you know, really, I I've, I've used all of that my experience, how I transitioned in my career, and I really became that uh, career coach, uh, a transition mentor, a turnaround mentor, helping people to find a job which they really love, but as well to change their career. To accelerate their career and exactly that gift which I'm sharing related to the decision-making process is exactly how to make a change how to decide for a change and if you're really in short of time and you are missing information then this video lesson and a workbook included in a bundle and free of charge completely downloadable is absolutely something what will help you to make a right decision the right way Not only career one, also business one, but because I am having that online uh, coaching group and individual coaching program on career, it helps as well. So, yeah, it's everything about how to make a decision the right way.
0: Well, after we uh, solidified the date and the time, I turn it over to my producer, Elizabeth Hauser, to communicate with our guests. So you ladies chatted about that. And she, Elizabeth, uh, shared with me this morning. I need to create something for you, and I'm like, uh, uh, Samina. I said, "Okay, whatever, whatever it needs." So I had no idea that this was um, even. Your... So again, that goes back to what you shared earlier about your upbringing and about bringing people in for dinner, meaning to invite you in to share <laughs> to share your heart. And your love and your experience, because so many people are going through such difficult challenges yeah. and this will be such a great gift. And I use that word gift because it's going to help people mm-hmm. get because so many people have so many tools. They have some like yeah. that's Why I go through back to your childhood, everyone, because the it's it, you just didn't arrive at university. You had some foundation. To bring you there and then the next step and the next step and we all um, have those stories we have those experiences but people get to a place where they feel stuck and they feel I have nothing to offer and of course like your um, course here as your gift will help people like this show and you can go back and watch this on your Facebook my Facebook on YouTube mm-hmm. uh, will be a podcast and give you hope and infinite possibilities. Yeah. before we close, Mm -hmm. I always ask my guest a a question. I referenced uh, Sharon Lecter earlier, uh, Mm -hmm. and she was the co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and she has been on the Napoleon Hill Foundation, and she uh, co-wrote Three Feet from Gold with Greg Reed, but she also uh, rewrote Napoleon Hill's work Thinking, Grow Rich and did it for women, so to speak, and then annotated um, Outwitting the Devil. I'm a prolific writer, an amazing uh, thought mm-hmm. leader, but also a um, she has, um, her foundation structure is financial literacy. Mm-hmm. But The book Three Feet from Gold just so resonated with me years back when I read it initially, I've read it many times since, but it's, a, it's written from a fiction position of the story of this initially, of this man that was from the East coast during the gold rush time in the States, came West, bought a a vein, a gold vein, and started to chisel away and probably using the wrong words, but excavating, whatever the right words are, this mine, this gold mine. And um, so it was just a bunch of rocks basically. And he kept working at it and working at it. And he would go into town and get his supplies and go back to his, his uh, work. And he got very frustrated and gave up.
1: Okay.
0: And he went to town and he sold the the vein to a local guy who knew the mountain very well and was watching this Yankee do his, his work and um, bought it very happily. And three feet away from where he ended, he hit the gold mine. Yeah. So, i.e., three feet from gold.
1: So now, the lesson, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so Greg and Sharon have what they call the success formula. And then the book goes on to um, basically Greg's story, who was a young man and and, uh, and was wanting to write a book and on and on. It's a very, very, very impactful book. But they have what's called the success formula. And the success formula is your passion plus talent times association times action plus faith equals Uh success. Now, I'm not gonna ask you all of that. But no, no, no. I
1: have
0: every guest is what is your passion and what is your
1: talent? Uh, I'll say that they both both connecting something which is called uh, grit. So the, my formula is grit. Uh, grit uh, and most probably you know the Angela Duckworth uh, 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 book of grit. It's something which is really inner, which is combination of passion and a talent. And it's something which is a long-term, long-lasting, continuous drive which we have which drives us that we even don't have to be motivated but we will do it and i believe that for me that's really the combination of uh seeing the opportunity where use those fee- three or five feet where nobody can see it i have a sense that i would like to go there i don't know what it is maybe it's my intuition seven sense, but i'd like to go there and similarly it was or the same story was also with that my online business i just knew i'd like to do it and then if you have the experience, if you really have something that has a value and can be added value for others, then just do it. And thinking about it, we should never, ever in life limit ourselves because whatever whatever we have become, we have the experience which nobody else has. We have the feelings and how we felt and why we done it, which nobody else did. And if you have a feeling, that's worth sharing. Write a book, do a podcast, do a uh one-on-one coaching as I am doing or group coachings or trainings online, do it because there is somebody who will find an inspiration, uh, maybe uh, m- make a huge change route to that. But that that's it, yeah. I believe in the long-term transformational changes happen. Mm-hmm. If we really listen and find people whom do we, we listen or read, but we find them really inspiring and they carry something, as you said, before we actually went live it's that energy there is energy out which connects us and then we are capable to do things which otherwise we won't do
0: well you are truly a hope and possibilities girl
1: <laughs>
0: and, and you know what
1: I take action
0: <laughs> and, and action like you said and you are um, a unique leader and you are thank the you. epitome of that and thank you so much for joining us today Truly, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate you risking getting in your car and driving <laughs> to your office. And now you're home. I as know I'm going to be concerned. You need to let me know, you need to message me when you get home. Well, thank you so much. So. Really, do
1: so. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much for having me. It was really a pleasure. I enjoyed it tremendously, really, to share and also with other people who I am or what I carry with me. And thanks a lot for all those beautiful questions. Really, you made it so easily and I felt so good. And that's what you remember, the Thank feelings, you. the moments where we felt good. So thanks a lot, Megan.
0: Well, hang on in the green room and I'll be right back to you. Yeah.
1: Okay, thank you. you. Bye-bye, bye. bye, bye.
0: (laughs) So folks, I just wanna truly, truly suggest that you download Samina's um, gift, free gift of the four teachings of decision-making because not even uh, or relevant to this time of um, challenge in the world, but also just in life to make decisions. I can't wait to go in. And uh, study what she has for us. But there, uh, we had some guests with us today, and I just want to thank you all for joining us. And Wendy Marie and Chidi Noir, and Michael Mills and Nico Valdez, um, Betty Hernandez, Maria J D Vasile, Trin- I don't know how to say your name, Gaki, Chad Anderson, Marie Beek, Tim Persley, Robert Codosi, and um, Bronya Da. Data. And I think, uh, Simona, some of these folks are your friends, because I if I can't say their name, it might be they're from Slovenia, you know. But regardless, thank you for joining, Simona and I. And I hope that today's Unique Leaders Live was a blessing for you, that you gleaned some information from both Simona and I about taking that first step listening to that inner voice, knowing that you're not alone, and that that second and third step will be revealed to you through all of your, um, not only your personal steps, but as we said today, listening to others and that input. Uh, But another thing that both she and I said, do what is in your heart. Let your heart lead you, because if that passion is there, it will stay there. And through thick or thin, it will be your guiding light so i truly truly implore you to uh go to her um gift to you what a lovely thing and just really um take time to work through those four steps of decision making and i know it will be a blessing to you so we will see you monday for what i'm now calling uh teach motivate and inspire and the um, going through my five C's of clarity, uh, courage, confidence, commitment, and compassion. And last Monday, we uh, talked and looked at clarity. So if you did not visit, or excuse me, were not with me, go back and visit that uh, podcast, what it is, but my live on Facebook, on our new um, Teach, Motivate, and Inspire. Go to also, are at the new Megan DiMartino website and download my book Hope and Possibilities just Over the Horizon. It's never too early, guys. It's never too late to create the life of your dreams. And it is free there. So you have two free gifts today uh, from Simona and I. And so go to the Megan website and also uh, this is coming in on both Facebook pages. Uh, most of you are coming in on the uh, Megan DiMartino, uh, my personal page, but go to the Megan DiMartino official Facebook page and we're building our uh, business page and we'll be doing groups and other things there that I know you'll get a lot from and truly, truly enjoy. So we'll see you again Monday. Have a wonderful weekend and be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Unique Leaders podcast. If we said something today that resonated with you, please connect with me at MeganDimartino.com. I have a free gift for you. My book, Hope and Possibilities, just over the horizon. It's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams. And don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. I would truly appreciate it. Be blessed.